Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to start breaking down Matthew chapter 6. And in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is knee deep in teaching his disciples about how to live a life that is pleasing to God because he knows that his time is limited. He knows that his mission is the cross, that he's going to be betrayed and die on the cross and be buried and and be resurrected on the third day. He'll hang around for about 40 days. Then he's going to send back to the Father. Uh, up in heaven and when he ascends back to the father he knows the holy spirit is going to come down and fill these men and they're going to take over uh and and lead uh people to christ so that they can be a part of the kingdom they can be a part of the church and so jesus is going to take what these guys are used to hearing because they they would go to the synagogue and they would hear these religious leaders and and hear these pharisees teach about the law and so they they're used to hearing the law being taught they're used to hearing uh, a religious leader say something like you uh, like jesus said you have heard it said you should do this and, and and that would be from the law and then jesus comes along and he tells his disciples in the sermon on the mount and the crowds that is listening in the background he, he says you have heard it said but now i say to you in other words he is showing them his authority. Uh, but what Jesus was aiming for as he is teaching these men with the crowds in the background, he is aiming for their hearts and not just their heads. Because the, the we covered this in the last podcast, but in Matthew chapter 5, when Jesus condemns the religious leaders and the Pharisees, he calls them hypocrites. Why? Because they they knew a lot of Bible. They could quote a lot of scriptures. They had they wore the phylacteries on their forehead and, and on their wrists. And the bigger the phylacteries, the more scriptures that they they knew. And so they had the head knowledge. But Jesus said that their hearts are far from God. They honor God with their lips, but their hearts are far from Him. And so Jesus is is pouring Himself into these men to take over, but he is really aiming for their hearts. He, he doesn't want them to have head knowledge. That's why he's picking unlearned and ignorant men. And that, that is, that's Peter's own words. And, and I believe it's Acts chapter 4 when they're before the Sanhedrin, the Jewish court. And, and, and the, the people, the, the, the leaders say that these are unlearned and ignorant men. They were fishermen. They were tax collectors. They, 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 were, they were just ordinary people filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit was using them and working through them and and speaking through them and and working miracles through them. They're not like the religious leaders who had been studying the scriptures for a long time and they had a bunch of head knowledge and they could quote a bunch of scriptures and they could say fancy prayers out in the streets for people to hear them. That's not the disciples. That was the religious leaders. That was the Pharisees. And Jesus would condemn these people over and over again. And so Jesus... Jesus is aiming for these men's hearts, and it's the same thing with us. God wants our hearts, because if he has our hearts, everything else will fall into place. So in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is going to talk about some topics, and I'm not going to read all of the scripture of Matthew chapter 6. I'm just going to point out some things that Jesus says about these topics, and then we're going to dig a little deeper into these topics. 
But he's going to talk about these topics. And as Jews, as Jesus is speaking to uh, his disciples who are Jewish men, and these uh, this crowd that is gathered in the background on the mountainside, they can hear Jesus speaking. They were Jews as well. And so they would be well familiar with what Jesus is talking about because the points that he's going to uh, drive home is taken from the law. And, 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 so, and like I said, it, they would understand, and, but Jesus is going to show his authority when he says, you've heard it said. In other words, you've, you've heard other teachers teach on this from the law, but now I'm going to say to you. And so Jesus is going to drive home some points about these topics that will differentiate his disciples from the religious leaders who he had just condemned in the chapter before when he had told them back in chapter 5, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the religious leaders and Pharisees, you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. But don't think for one second that, that Jesus is only talking to his disciples and that these lessons here are only for his disciples. Because, uh, and, and I'm speaking of the disciples he went around handpicking. Because if we have put on Christ in baptism, we're filled with God's Holy Spirit, and we're walking with Jesus, we are a disciple today in 2022. Because a disciple is simply a follower, and we are following Christ. So these lessons are, are just for us as much as it was for them 2,000 years ago. We are now in charge because those guys are gone. And if we've been washed in the blood of Jesus and we're filled with this Holy Spirit, we are in charge. We are a part of his kingdom and we are to be out there being the example of Christ and telling people about Jesus. So don't think for one second that these lessons are only for those disciples back then, for they are for us as well today. And I'm going to be the first person, since I have the microphone here and I'm, I'm making this recording, I'm going to be the first person to say I'll fall short on some of these topics. But the, the topics are this, and, and I'm just going to uh, read through these, and I'm not going to cover all the scriptures because we're going to uh, talk about these topics here and break them down one by one here in just a few minutes. But the first thing Jesus says is, watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. So the first one is good deeds. And then the second one is he says, when you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and in the streets to call attention to their acts of charity. That, that's the main point right there. Don't call attention to yourself when you're doing good deeds. He says, I'll tell you the truth. They have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. The third one is, Jesus says, when you pray. So the third one is, when you pray. Don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they'll ever get. You can see a theme going here with Jesus. This is the only reward they're ever going to get because they, they're wanting the praise from people. And Jesus is saying, hey, you do this stuff in private and the Father will reward you uh, later on. And he says, when you pray, go, go away by yourself and shut the door behind you. Pray to the Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. And when you pray, don't babble on and on and on and on and on as the Gentiles do. Then you get the message there. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again and again and again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask. But pray like this, and that's when he gives the model prayer. 
our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And it goes on and on. The fourth one is, Jesus says, and when you fast, when you fast, so you got prayer and you got fasting. Don't make it obvious when you're fasting, as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable. And they, they try to make it look as, uh, as just as miserable as can be so people will admire them for their fasting. They want everybody to know that they're fasting. But I'll tell you the truth, Jesus says, that is their only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face. Then no one will notice that you are fasting except your Father who knows what you do in private and your Father who sees everything will reward you. And then the, the last one is, the fifth one is, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. And so in these five things that I've pointed out here from Jesus, talking to his disciples, we have two don'ts and we have three when you's. When, W-H-E-N-Y-O-U apostrophe S. We have two don'ts and three when you or when you's. Which tells us that Jesus assumes, right, that we are already doing these things as a disciple of Jesus. And so he is telling us how we can improve on how to do these things. And the first thing that Jesus assumes that his disciples are already doing is good deeds. And most people, when we think of good deeds, we think money, right? You know, uh, I don't know how many times I've had people give me the old church handshake where they've, they've put a $100 bill or a $20 bill or whatever, $50, and they put it in their palm of their hand and they, they give you that handshake where it, it, you feel the money in your hand and you just, you take, it's just a transfer of the money. Um, but, uh, good deeds are so many more things than, than, than just giving money. And the list can go on and on, but some things that I that I thought of was cooking uh, soup for a sick person, or delivering some groceries for a neighbor, or helping an old lady or an old man across the street. I mean, it, it, a good deed. I mean, holding a door for somebody. Uh, you know, uh, what they call it, chivalry or whatever. P- people have lost that. People just slam a door in your face. They just shut it. They know you be- you're behind them, but they just shut the door and keep going on. There, a, a good deed can be a lot of different things. But Jesus says, don't do these good deeds to be seen by people so they'll brag on you and think that you're godly. Because this is what the religious leaders and the Pharisees were doing. They announced what they were doing to everybody. And, 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 and what they have done uh, publicly so everybody uh, would give them praise. They would see them and just think highly of them. Oh, how religious they are. Oh, how holy uh, they are. Oh, look at them. Listen to their prayers. Look Look at this great deed that they have. Look at all the money that they have put into the offering plate. And, and there is a passage. can't remember where it is on top of my head right now. We covered it in, uh, in Luke when we covered Luke's gospel in, in previous podcasts. 
but they were uh, just dumping money into the treasury, you know, and and it got the disciples' attention because all the noise from the heavy coins that they were throwing into the treasury, and that little widow walks up there and throws in two little mites. It doesn't even probably make a make a noise. And Jesus says, "Hey, she put in more than all of them." But see, they were dumping in all this money because they were they wanted it to be heavy. They wanted it to make noise because they wanted it to get people's attention, so the people would look at them. And say, oh man, look at all that money they're giving. Look how much they love God. Look how much they want to help uh, their community. And so they were looking for praise from the people. And Jesus said that was the only reward that they would ever get. Because their hearts aren't right. So when we give to someone in need, when we do a good deed and meet someone's need, just keep your mouth shut. Just keep your mouth Shut. Don't post it all over social media. Don't throw it all over Facebook and Twitter and, and Instagram and taking selfies. You know, while you're doing it. I see these videos all the time of people doing these good deeds and, 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 and they're just, they're, they're videoing it on purpose. They're videoing it to put out there on TikTok so everybody can see what they're doing. And Jesus says that's the only reward that they're going to get. Is it a good deed? Is it a good thing? Yes. But that's the—they're—they're they're doing that to get clicks. They're getting that to get to get views, and 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 it's good that they're—they're they're doing that for those people. But Jesus said that's that's their reward right there. And 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 so, don't don't do this stuff and post it all over social media. Don't text your friends and tell them what you've done. Just simply meet a need, and when you meet the person's need, tell them why. You are meeting their need. That you want, that you are a Christian. That you follow Christ, and that you want God to be glorified. And if they don't know Jesus, you're being an awesome example of Jesus to them. And you can share Jesus with them, and hopefully they'll come to Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But just simply meet a need. Tell the person why you're meeting their need, and keep it between you and them. Then God will reward you someday. I mean, greatly, greatly. It's a whole lot better than getting views on social media, trust me. Uh, the other don't is storing up treasure. And we'll come back to the others here in, in just a minute. Um, but when we think of treasures, again, we m most people would think of money. But when we hear treasure, treasure can be many things. For instance, what do you like to collect? When I was a kid, I collected baseball cards. Um, there are many people who collect things like coins, stamps, beanie babies, uh, cars. You know, if you got a lot of money, you know, they buy all this stuff. There, people collect all kinds of stuff, and, and, and we call these things treasures. The problem is, if we're not careful, these treasures can become idols. But that's another lesson on another day. Jesus is more concerned about why we are collecting these things. Because if you think about it, everything on earth is perishable. It will someday be destroyed. And you know what? We can't take it with us when we go, when we take our last breath on this earth, when we die. Everything is going to be left behind. We can take nothing with us. 
You know, and it's okay. And I'm not slamming people for having stuff. By all means, I have all kinds of stuff. I have a lot of instruments. I have a lot of money tied up in instruments. Not that I collect them. I use every one of them. Um, but, uh, but they are treasures to me. Um, so it's okay to enjoy stuff, but don't become a hoarder with it. You know what I'm saying? People just hoard stuff and just collect stuff. But, you know, don't be obsessed with it. Because what happens is these things that we collect becomes our focus, if we're not careful, instead of heaven being our focus, instead of God being our focus, instead of Jesus being our focus. We're, we're so concentrated on our stuff instead of Jesus. And so if we're not, you got to remember what Jesus says, where our treasure is, our heart will be there also. So Jesus has to be our treasure. Um, I, I think of the rich young ruler, uh, that guy, uh, he, he was, uh, he was a sure win for the kingdom. He, he, he thought that he was in because he asked Jesus, what do I have to do to enter your kingdom? And Jesus says, keep the commandments. He says, man, I got this in the bag because I've done this since I was a kid. And, and Jesus says, oh yeah, you, you are, you're pretty good. But there's one thing that you lack. And I can just see the demeanor on the rich young ruler's face changing. And Jesus tells him, he says, go sell all your stuff and give the money to the poor. And then you can come back and talk to me. Then you can come back and see me. And the rich young ruler who had come running up to Jesus because he wanted to go to heaven and he wanted to be a part of the kingdom he wanted Jesus to be his Lord and Savior. When Jesus says, go sell all your stuff and give your money to the poor, the Bible says that he walked away sad because he loved his stuff and he didn't want to let it go. And he didn't. As far as we know, he never came back to Jesus. So we have to be careful about our stuff. Don't, don't let that stuff become idols. It's just stuff and we can't take it with us. And, and, and so uh, this rich young ruler, he has stored up his treasures here on earth. And even though he wanted to go to heaven, he wanted to be a part of the kingdom, he couldn't let go of it. So his treasure, his heart then was here on earth because it was, his heart was in his stuff and not heaven like he thought it was. And if you think about it, this goes with the concept of giving as well because we're, we're not going to give away stuff, this treasure um, that we hold dear to our hearts, which is exactly why Jesus emphasizes that we should be storing up treasures in heaven. All this stuff is perishable, man. My drums could rust away, could uh, could burn up. And if the house was to catch on fire, all my guitars is gone, all my instruments are gone, all my sound equipment gone. This stuff is perishable. But what's in heaven is imperishable. And that's why Jesus says uh, to store up treasures in heaven, not here on earth, where a thief could come in and rob everything that you have and it be gone. Matter of fact, my son had, uh, had driven my uh, Tahoe to Cincinnati uh, to work last week and uh, stayed at a hotel and uh, somebody broke into my Tahoe 
and stole my checkbook. And still, I had a Tennessee class ring where I was going to the University of Tennessee for a Hispanic studies degree. And uh, they stole my, my class ring out of my truck. They stole uh, some credit cards that I had as well. As I had to get a new bank account, I just lost my ring. And I don't even know what credit cards that they took. I think they were old and, and I don't think they were active anymore. At least I hope not. And, and, and so I had to get a whole, it was just a big, it was just a big uh, pain in my butt, if you will. Uh, but it, it, you never know when a thief's going to show up. And so this stuff that we hold dear, that, that we treasure, if you will, it, it, it could be gone in an instant, is my point in saying that, about somebody breaking in my truck and stealing my stuff. It's gone. I'll never see it again. It's somewhere in Cincinnati, probably laying on the side of the road, or they probably pawned my ring for a, a, a bottle of alcohol. Uh, and, and, you know, it meant a whole lot more to me than it did to them. They didn't care anything about it. But, you know, whatever they did with it, you know, whatever. But wherever our treasure is, that's where our heart is also. And Jesus, God is after our hearts. Jesus is after our hearts. And he wants our hearts to be in heaven. So he's going to talk about some, uh, he's going to talk about three different when you, uh, when you's. And the first one I've already covered a little bit because he says, when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. So in other words, don't, don't be like these Pharisees who are out here, out here giving these treasures or giving like the money and, and throwing it in the offering plate and making all kinds of sounds just so they can get attention. Because if, if we're doing these good deeds just to get attention, that's the only reward that we're going to get. We need to do the good deed, tell the person why we're doing the good deed, share with them Jesus, and just keep our mouth shut and keep it between us and them. So the second thing Jesus says is when you pray. So Jesus is ex expecting or assuming that we as disciples of Jesus are people of prayer. So a question that I want to ask you is, what is your prayer life like? Do you even have a prayer life? Because prayer is crucial to our relationship with God. It's how we communicate with God. You know, if you think about it, what, what kind of, because it's a conversation. That, that's all prayer. People say, I don't know how to pray. I want to pray, but I don't know how to pray. And Jesus gives that model prayer. In, in those verses, if you go back and read Matthew 6 on your own, but prayer is nothing but conversation. It's talking to God, just like you would talk to a friend or talk to a girlfriend or a boyfriend or your spouse. I mean, what, what kind of relationship would you have if you didn't communicate with people, if you didn't communicate with your boyfriend or girlfriend or, or your spouse? It wouldn't be a very good relationship, would it? Um, prayer is like gas to a car, if you will. If the car runs out of gas, you're going to be sitting on the side of the road. If you drive a $100,000 Corvette, I would love to have one someday. It's my dream car, um, but I don't want the payments. But if you're driving a $100,000 Corvette, if it doesn't have gas in it, what good? It, it, it's just an expensive paperweight because it's sitting there because it doesn't have any gas in it. It can't go anywhere. And so the lack of prayer is why, in my opinion, is why so many Christians today are weak, they're ineffective, and basically they are useless like a car 
without gas. Um, if you think about it, Jesus being the example for us, he would oftentimes go off alone telling his disciples to stay where they're at or go somewhere and wait for him. Uh, uh, he, he would go off alone and, and, and be one-on-one time with him and the Father. And he would pray. He would spend all night long in prayer, praying to the Father in order to get strength for the coming days ahead. The, 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 uh, the Chosen has a really, really good episode on this when the disciples are sitting there complaining uh, and, and all throughout the episode, you never see Jesus, never, through the whole episode. And the disciples are just running their mouth and complaining about this and that. And at the very end, Jesus comes in and he just looks so ragged because he has been out there healing people, having conversations with people. He, and he just, he's so dirty, he's so nasty, he's covered in blood, all, all this stuff where he's been dealing with so many people. And the disciples... They just look at him and they're like, oh man, I cannot believe we've been sitting here complaining about all this stuff and Jesus is out there just giving 110% and he's so worn out, he's so tired and he just goes in to get some rest. Jesus would run out of gas and he would go spend time with the Father in prayer all night long in order to get strength for the coming days ahead. So Jesus says, when you pray, which means that Jesus expects us as his followers to be people of prayer. And he covers two things on prayer that I want to cover real quickly. He says, pray in secret and don't be repetitive. And what he is referring to here is the Pharisees who love to pray in public so they can be admired by the people. And so they're going to stand there praying just these real eloquent fancy prayers and they would pray out loud out on the street corner so everybody could hear them and they would say oh listen to that beautiful beautiful prayer that that religious uh teacher is saying how godly they must be but what the people don't understand is their hearts are far from god and they're not being a good example uh for the people it was all a show and then Jesus talks about the Gentiles, how they just, when they pray, they just, they just keep repeating the same thing over and over and over again, thinking that if they keep repeating it, God's going to honor it. And, and Jesus says, that's not the way it works. He wants you to keep praying. He wants you to keep seeking. He wants you to keep knocking. He wants you to keep looking so you, you will find. But he does not want us just to keep repeating words over and over and over and over again because he says the Father already knows, but the Father already, he wants us to ask. And that's what prayer is. We're communicating with God. We're, we have, uh, we're thanking him for his blessings. We're thanking him for salvation. Uh, we're going through all of these, these, um, thankfulnesses and, and, and being grateful and, 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 of course, you can read the, the model prayer that Jesus gives. We don't have to pray exactly that prayer. It's just a, it's what it is. It's a model prayer. And we're thanking Jesus for salvation, for the blood uh, that he shed, thanking him for eternal life. And then a lot of people, you know, uh, get a little selfish in their prayer. And, and, and sometimes they leave all that stuff out. And when we're in a dire need, uh, you know, something's going wrong in our life, we'll run to God in prayer and say, God, deliver me out of this situation. 
Um, but that's not necessarily a good prayer, a prayer life. Uh, a good prayer life involves so much more than asking God for a blessing or asking God to, to relieve you of whatever you're dealing with. It's a whole lot more deeper than that. But Jesus says, uh, don't go out in the public and pray. Pray in secret. And when you pray, don't keep repeating things over and over again. Just talk to God. That's what prayer is. And listen. And listen. And that's why he says uh, to, to don't go out in public, but go, uh, go in secret in prayers because it's solitude. It's solitude. When, when we're communicating with God, communication is a two-way street. And so we're, we're, we're communicating with God. We're talking to God, but we're also listening to God. And, and one of the greatest ways that God speaks to us is through His Word. And so let the Word be a part of your prayer. And, and just listen for that still small voice of God and let the Holy Spirit speak. And that is communication with God. That is what prayer is all about. And Jesus says, if you pray in secret, your Father who sees everything will reward you. And now here, here's the one that I fall short on. I, just, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I don't even do this. I don't even try this, and I, I've got to be better at it. I've got to be a lot better at it. Because Jesus says, when you fast. Now, the Jews fasted a lot. Um, but as a disciple of Jesus, as a follower of Jesus, Jesus assumes that we're going to be people who not only praise, but we're going to be fasting. And I fall way short in this discipline here. Jesus assumes here that his followers are going to be people who fast. And I've covered fasting in previous podcasts. You can go back and listen to those or you can Google it and study. You can study um, fasting on your own. But um, there is something special about fasting and praying. When we put fasting and praying together, there is power unthinkable. Um, And I just want to challenge you to try it sometime. If you're going through a hard situation or you're asking uh, God to to work a miracle in somebody's life, you know, maybe the doctors have diagnosed somebody with cancer or some incurable disease, and their only hope is Jesus. Uh, what is, I remember, I'm thinking of the example where uh, the disciples tried to cast out, I believe it was a demon, out of this man's child, and they could not do it. And so he takes the child of Jesus, and Jesus rebukes his disciples, and he says, "Fellow, do you believe?" And the guy says, "Lord, I believe, but help my un my unbelief." And and after Jesus uh, cast the demon out and the, the little the child is healed, the disciples ask Jesus, Lord, why why could we not uh, cast this demon out of this child? Why why could we not help? Why could we not heal this child? And Jesus tells them, this type only comes out by prayer and fasting. And so there is something powerful, something special when we put prayer and fasting together. Now. The Pharisees fasted, but listen to their reasons that Jesus said that they fasted. He's, he, and here's, here's the deal. I'll just give it to you straight off the bat. Their heart was not in the right place. Because Jesus says, and when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do. That's the Pharisees and the religious leaders. 
He says, for they try to look miserable and they want people to admire them for their fasting. But I'll tell you the truth, that's their only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face, and then no one will notice that you're fasting. You know, just go on as life as usual. Just do your everyday thing. You can be fasting, but don't announce it to everybody. Don't don't mess up your hair and, and you know wash your face, comb your hair, go to work, do your thing, do your daily routine. Don't let people know that you're fasting because God is the only person that needs to know. Because he says in verse 18, No one will notice that you're fasting except your Father who knows what you do in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. So the key to what Jesus is telling his disciples and to us here in this part, in this first part of chapter six, the key to everything is the heart. And the question we have to answer is where is our heart? Are we concerned with what people think or are we concerned with what God thinks? Are we trying to impress people, people at work, people at the the shopping malls, at the stores, our friends, our family? Our church, or are we trying to impress God who will reward us at some later time? Maybe when we are with Him in heaven. So I'm going to close this podcast with some verses from Paul in 1 Corinthians 3, verses 10 through 15, when Paul says, Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it, but whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we've already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials such as gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, The builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. So Jesus, who is in heaven, right? He is the foundation that we build on. Any other foundation besides Jesus is worthless, and so will the works be. And if we're building on Jesus, because we're following Jesus, right? So we're building on Jesus, who is the foundation that has been laid, he is the one who will be who we will be impressing, not not people. We won't care about what people think. We'll only care about what God thinks, what Jesus thinks. We're not impressing people. We're trying to impress God. We're working for God, and if we're working for God, our hearts will be focused toward heaven and not here on earth. If our hearts are focused toward heaven, guess what? Our rewards will be there as well. And God, this is the cool part, I think, but God himself will give us our rewards. That's awesome to think about. Can you imagine standing before God and he just hands you all these rewards and says, man, you did so good. You did well. Your treasures was not on earth. Your treasures was here with me. And here is my rewards for you now i can't speak for you but i'd rather much rather impress god than any person here on this earth because no offense 
Now, I, I just don't want to shortchange myself on God's blessings. Not that that's why I, I do these things to get blessings from God. But I, I, hey, I want rewards. And I want my rewards to be in heaven. And I know I have rewards waiting on me when I get there. But what I have to guard against is my heart. Where is my heart? And so often and, and so easily, my eyes go from being being focused on heaven and they shift to this earth, especially when trouble comes into my life, especially when something goes wrong or I'm going through a hard time. That focus easily shifts from heaven to earth. And, and, and if I'm not careful, my treasures will focus as well and my heart will not be where it needs to be. Where is your heart? Where's your treasures? Are you giving those treasures to others? Are, are, are you doing good deeds with what you have? You don't have to be a rich person to do good deeds. You don't have to be a rich person to be a blessing to others. There's so many things that we can do in the name of Jesus. And when we do those things, we share with that person, Jesus, and we tell them why we are doing those good deeds, why we are being a blessing to them. And we just keep it between them and us so that God will reward us someday. But it all starts with our hearts. Where's your heart? I hope it's in heaven. I hope it's with Jesus. I hope it's with God. If you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, today is the day of salvation. The blood of Jesus Christ will wash your sins away. If you just call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved to be baptized in water for the remission of your sins and being filled with the Holy Spirit of God and begin your journey with Jesus today. If you've already made that decision, God bless you. But do a self-check and say, where is my heart? Is it in heaven or is it on earth? Am I wanting the praise of people or am I wanting to impress my heavenly father? God bless you. Thank you for listening today. Keep grinding. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.